welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast. I'm your host Elizabeth Collins and this is episode 25. This week I made a decision about something that had been bothering me. I've been having issues with how to deal with my family. I've been um, vegan for just over a year and a half or whatever it is um, and none of my family have really wanted to engage in really discussing it or considering it and that's this really I can only do what I can do so everybody's different and um, that's just the way it's been with my family Um, they actually don't even want to talk about it at all anyway so I just usually go to the family dinners or go out to dinner for my birthday and everybody else eats their animals and I eat my vegan food or if I go over to eat at someone's house they'll cook uh, you know we'll have sort of separate meals but we'll all eat at the same table and um, what well what I've decided to do is after last weekend and the weekend before which was the big family gatherings um, one was for my mum's birthday and the other was for my auntie who has retired and also had a birthday I had taken all this vegan food over for my mother's party, but she, there was a mix-up. She didn't real. She didn't think I knew my cousins were coming, so she didn't. She assumed that I wouldn't make enough food, and then rather than call me and tell me, "Hey, they're coming," um, she would rather feed them chicken because she. I'm I'm sure that she would prefer that because that's what they like and that's what she likes. So they all sat around and ate the chicken, and I was at the table eating the food that I had brought. Nobody wanted the food that I had brought, and anyway, my mother bought the entire body of a chicken and she's just one person so she wanted to cook it and and eat it with them so I know that um, I've only been vegan for a very short amount of time really if you think about it when you compare to the rest of my life and so all the people that I've known that I knew before um, you know I think for them it's it's just they all knew that I wasn't like this before and they can't quite understand what what made me change and they don't really want to talk about it. But I've decided when it comes to my family, I'm not going to any more events that involve food. I'm only going to go and hang out with them if it doesn't involve food because they refuse to talk about it with me. <laughs> so I figure they can talk about it without me and so when everybody says oh where's Elizabeth um whoever it is can say oh you know she's not going to come until after we've eaten because you know she's a vegan and then they can talk about it if they want or not but either way (laughs) they'll see that I'm really serious about it because I think people do take it quite lightly I don't know but I think when you I'm kind of lucky in a way because it happened at a point in my life where I was leaving the people who knew me the best because I I really haven't been that close to my family except for my brother me and my brother are very close and he's super cool I mean um, he's my best friend really and um, so he's completely cool with the whole thing he's the only person who's actually allowed me to even talk about it and I still have a feeling that he's kind of um, open to the idea but all my friends in New York and everything um, anyway what I'm trying to say is I left I I became vegan at a time where I was in a mode of transition and I came back to the country and I'd been away for a long, long time. Um, So, and also I wasn't in a relationship with anybody, you know, um, a non-vegan. For example, the the relation, my last relationship that I had was somebody who was not 
a vegetarian or anything like that. It didn't used to bother me, like I said, because I really hadn't, you know, started to change the way that I look at everything. So I'm kind of lucky that it happened that way because I don't really have any direct conflict uh, directly in my life with regard to people I live with. I live by myself. It was hard living with my mother and uh, she, you know, eats a lot of meat, mostly chicken and fish. But, um, and I, you know, she was very kind to... um, provide me with a place to stay when I basically came back to New Zealand completely destitute and um but I couldn't wait to get out of there mostly because of Buddha because the situation was bad for Buddha but also because for the first time in my life since going vegan and like I said it hasn't been that long but for the first time since I went vegan I could live in a home where there was vegan a vegan home um because when I went vegan I was living with somebody who was um not vegetarian or anything and so it's very, very nice, but I think people might not take it quite seriously. They might not quite understand people who've known you for a long time, or they might not really realize. I don't know. I don't know. My my family does realize how important it is because I make it very clear, but they don't understand because they won't allow me to talk about it, and they don't want to think about it. And so when it comes to them, I've decided that I can allow myself the luxury of not having to sit around a table and watch them eat these things because it is profoundly upsetting so in in the rest of my life as as an advocate who's trying to do as much as I can in the short time I have on this planet and the you know to actually try to make a difference and and change people's minds and be an example I I will most likely be in a lot of situations um, especially with my new friends that I met at my jobs and things like that where I'm at a table and I'm the only person who's not eating some part of some tortured animal and that's it's a very you know it's an upsetting thing to do but you know we we, I've said this before I mean we as vegans I mean everywhere we go every single day we're facing the evidence of what we've sort of discovered the truth of or we've woken ourselves up to or open our eyes up to and and you know um it's I don't get deadened to it or immune to it um in, in any way I never kind of say oh well you know it, it's actually getting not not harder when I say it, it's getting harder I wouldn't oh gosh I don't know how to say that and so I'm finding that the good thing is is that I'm not getting immune to it and thinking, oh, well, it's just fine, you know, uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, every time I see it, I think about it the same way that I did three months ago or a year ago, and I'm sure for the rest of my life, I'm going to think about it the same way. And um, and it is, you know, upsetting. You want you want to help these animals. And every time you see the evidence of it, that's the evidence of an individual's life, and you know what their lives were like. So, um you're dealing with things that most people don't understand and like I say I don't go around um, weeping or um, confronting people or anything like that but it's an internal thing that I think only people who are themselves vegan for ethical reasons um, and that you know in every aspect of their life can probably relate to because you know obviously if you're eating the animal you can't really relate to how I'm feeling so it is part of our lives and as an advocate I can't shy away from the community of of the rest of the world because I do want to make a difference and that is going to involve and also because I'm not you know a millionaire and I can't live on my own little you know vegan island I mean eventually I'm going to have to get back into the um, work work force somehow or other and it'll probably be 
um, if I get this qualification, it'll still be a very slow building of a, of a new career. So I'll probably go back to temping and I'll be in the lunchrooms and, you know, I'll be the only vegan. So I'll be surrounded by it. So I figure that's going to be my life forever. And, and like I say, I, I want to try to, I have to mix with these people. Otherwise, how am I going to talk to them? How am I ever going to get through to them? But when it comes to my family, I'm allowing myself the luxury of not attending any events that to do with food. I've decided I'm not going to sit at the same table and watch them eat this stuff because I'm allowing myself that luxury because the last weekend when I was at that dinner, I was very upset. I didn't enjoy it at all. And I think the reason I didn't enjoy it is because it, it, it was acted like, I think it was because I realized that I was never going to get a chance to talk about it um, and with them. And I thought, you know what? I don't need to sit here and go through this if it's not for a positive reason of activism and also I have a feeling that if I don't go to these events they may actually talk about it <laughs> which is maybe underhanded and sneaky of me but also it is because I just I want to take I want to get some part of my life where I don't have to deal with that um, watching people sit around and, and eat the carcass of a um, of an animal because it is actually profoundly upsetting <laughs> once you know the truth and you know, if you think about uh, the issue. So that's my decision. Uh, I told my brother, I mean, he's like I say, he's like my best friend. So he's totally understanding um, about it. And he just said, well, I hope that I hope that we can still eat together. I mean, obviously, I don't need to say this to them, but obviously if it was vegan food, I would be there with bells on, not a problem. But other than that, no, but I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to say, look, I'm only going to participate in events that don't include food. And this includes Christmas. And this includes my birthday. This includes going out to lunch with my dad. I mean, we can go out for coffee, but I'm not doing it anymore. Sorry, family. I'm not doing it. And um, they don't listen to this podcast, so I'm actually telling, I'm getting this off my chest first. But it's something that's been bothering me f for the last couple of weeks, ever since that weekend that I went over there. And I realized that... Um, they were all going to have chicken. So that's my little announcement. And I haven't told my mother yet. Um, I'm waiting for the right time to tell her. I don't want her to take it personally. Um, I want her to understand what it's like. The only way that I can describe it is, you see, when we try to talk to people and we use these analogies like, we use analogies like child rape and um, slavery and stuff, you know, they really don't get it because they get all hung up on semantics, I don't know if that's the right word, and they get all crazy in their head, like, they're comparing eating a pig to child molestation, and they're they're getting all hung up on the whole analogy, and not just seeing the basic, the basic analogy is, like, if you strip away the actual actions, and just, you know, take them as, um, as, as theory, okay, child rape on one hand, and eating a pig on the other, that what we're trying to say, when we, when we use these analogies, is that, both acts are examples of unnecessary cruelty and injustice because a child is being uh, exploited and the person doing the exploitation does not need to do that to the child to live. I mean, he needs to drink water to live, but he doesn't need to rape these children. He does it because he enjoys it. And the analogy with us is we don't need to eat these animals. We do it because we enjoy it. So people do get all hung up, but, you know, in all honesty, and I think William um, Paul helped me to come to this decision because he doesn't sit at the table and eat dinner with his family. And I thought to myself, gosh, how nice for him, you know, um, to not to not um, have to do that just one time in your life because most of us have to do it so many, so many times. And like I say, if you want to be an activist, 
you may have to go out into this world um, if you want to get through to people who aren't even thinking about veganism. Um, well, I don't know. In the beginning, we need to work on the people who are thinking about it and get them on our side first and everything. But um, I do have friends who are not vegan and um, I met them at my last job and um, they allow me to talk about it and they eat all of the vegan food and I can go over there and cook a purely vegan meal and we'll eat it together. So I do feel like it's doing something and you just never know. Uh, you never know who, who what any individual is capable of. But um but yeah, William said, <laughs> I wonder if I should quote this. He said, um, well, I'm not going to sit around the table with a bunch of racists. Why would I sit around the table with a bunch of speciesists? <laughs> I thought, touche. Very good. But, you know, it's it's so sad um, how unconscious we are of this of this utter uh, prejudice and speciesism that we, that we do and people you know really can't relate but anyway uh so what I was going to say was like yeah when you're sitting at a table for me when I, you know the only way I could explain it to try to get my mother to understand I don't know if this would work would be like look when I'm sitting around a table watching you guys eat the carcass of a chicken it's probably the same effect on me emotionally as if I was to be sitting in the same room with a bunch of people who are raping a child the only difference is the child would be alive and maybe screaming and everybody would be out and it wouldn't happen because it's it's condemned so it's worse it's let's have another analogy it's like living in a society where that is condoned but you're the only one in the room who thinks that it's wrong and who knows that it's wrong so you're in a room and they've gagged the child so they can't scream or they've sedated the child and they're doing it and you're all sitting around having cups of tea while this is going on in the corner that's how bad it is I mean I know that is the emotional effect of watching these people eat these animals and like I say I've only been a vegan for a very short amount of time but once you know it's an individual it's an individual life it's not just the body of a chicken and when we say chicken I remember there's something by Anthony Jamello where he talks about how we look at you know I love Jamello's writings but he's definitely not an animal he's not a he's not aware of his own speciesism he uses a lot of um you know he's not even a vegetarian as far as I can tell I could be wrong um I love his writings except for that <laughs> and he talks but he does talk about sparrows and he says for example he gives an example of how we look at others um and I believe he mostly deals with human relations like I say animals aren't high on his list um if you want to help yourself um deal with with other people I recommend reading his books but just um realize that he's not a um animal rights um he doesn't understand animal rights a pity because i think he probably had a, would have had a good chance of if anybody had taken the time to explain it to him but anyway so he says about how you look at a sparrow and you see sparrow and you put it in that word sparrow and sparrow means you know it's it's a species it's just a thing but you're not looking at that individual sparrow you know that individual sparrow whereas it's just a sparrow to you it's the same as every other sparrow even though it's not you know this this sparrow is him or her own individual their her own group of experiences just like we are and when we look at other people um sometimes we do just see them as something we see them as a black or as a white or as an indian you know and that's where we start to fall off that's where we start to go wrong is when we start to look at at people like that because that's when you get uh, episodes like the holocaust or um genocide in in cambodia or um you get wars between people because they don't see the individuals um their lives they just see a muslim or a christian or a hindu or you know the list goes goes on and and um and um it's just the same as what we do when we look at uh animals i mean if there's 50 billion animals getting killed and you you, you live in a country where in new zealand 
I downloaded the figure, the figures from the the pig, the New Zealand Pork Board website. They have a weekly pig kill um, that they put out, and um, the reason I downloaded it, I'll get into later. But the figures so far for this year, well, last week's p kill, which was ending on the 31st of March, was 13,500-odd pigs in one week. That's how many pigs were killed in New Zealand last week. 13,500. And the total for the year is 459,000. So I think we can safely say that a million pigs get killed in New Zealand every year, uh, around about a million and um, that's just the actual carcasses of, of pigs that are actually killed. And when you are slaughtering a being on that level and exploiting them, they are just a pig to you. You don't see an individual. You just see a thing, just like the Jews were seen as things when the Nazis saw. I mean, after a while, it's deadening to them. It's just they cease to be individuals. They cease to be sentient beings. They just become things when you start, when you treat them this way. And that's how we look at animals. That's why I say over and over again, um, we have to change that fundamental attitude because that's the reason why we're doing this to them. And one of the really important ones, I know Gary Francione wrote his latest book. Um, he's got another book coming up very, very soon. But anyway, his last book that he wrote was called Animals as Persons. And um, and when we bring that up, and I remember um, I was um, talking with, I was emailing Ro Roger Yates. Had, he's very active. And he goes on a lot of forums. And, um, and some of these people, um, I think some of them are on there just, to have fun with their little bouncy icons or something, but so, the, the 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 hatred of some of them is is um and the 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 vicious you know comments and things that they make when when he tries to go on there and talk about veganism is quite astonishing. Um, although it is in forums, I think it's quite common. People can pretty much adopt personality and do whatever they want, but they're very very aggressive and defensive. And um, and he mentioned, um, and I noticed this in this in this one of these threads that he had started, and I also noticed it when other people talk about it. When we talk about animals as persons, everybody gets all confused and thinks that we mean people. And then they look at the dictionary example in, of a person, and maybe in, you know, Merriam-Webster or something, it says person is something to do with people. Well, what, what we mean the way I understand it, the way I take it, is, you know, if you don't want to use, if the word person to you is just too human-like and you can't get in your head what, what, what we're trying to say when we say, you know, as persons, just think of it as an individual. That's what we mean. Well, that's what I take it as. That's what I use it when I try to give that concept to people. An individual life with an individual thought, individual experiences that shape their lives, just like us. And that's what we mean by a person because it's not a thing. It has a full life from the moment that you are born until the day that you die. You are an individual with individual experiences. You react to the world but your own individual way. You move through the world in your physical body with your physical thought processes and your mind. And, you know, if you believe in a soul, you know, you have a soul or if you don't, it's your chemical processes in your brain. I mean, however you want to look at it, it's you're an individual, and so is every single sentient being on the planet. And that is what we're talking about. So we talk about an animal as a person. You know, if you're looking, if you're a, if you're a, uh, you work in a slaughterhouse, and you, you know you're killing cow after cow after cow as they're coming down that chute, and you are 
doing it as quickly as possible because it's a numbers game and um, you know your boss is on your back and you have to meet your quota and there's oh well, hurry up the stockyard's getting full or whatever horrific things go on um, the, you're not looking at them as an individual beings but they are every single cow is experiencing in their own individual way the most unbelievable terror and horrific suffering that you couldn't even imagine you can't imagine it until you put yourself in their place but if you're looking at them as things and and as a cow rather than an individual cow or a person and a person doesn't mean a human being person it means a you know an individual then I doubt you would be able to do your job so it works in the favor of the exploitation and it works in the favor of the workers doing these things, the really dirty work, um, to not look at the animals as individuals because I do not think they would be able to do their job. Now I know there are psychopaths who do these jobs, I'm sure there are. Could be wrong. And you know like I say there's really not much we can do about psychopaths, okay, I mean they exist. <laughs> I do think about chemical processes. I'm not a scientist, but I do believe that. I mean, if you hear stories about people getting hit on the head and then suddenly being able to um, remember the weather of every single day of their life, but nothing else, you know, the brain has a lot to do with it. And I do believe that brain chemistry has to do with things. And I do believe there are psychopaths. So sorry to go off on a tangent about psychopaths, but, you know, I'm like unset. But, you know, re you know, the majority of the world are not psychopaths. So, um, you know, we'll deal with them later. we we got to get to the non-psychopaths who are acting psychopathically. I mean, in reality, what we're doing to animals is psychopathic, if you really think about it, but, you know, people aren't really thinking about it. So, um, that's, that's one of the, that's what we mean when we say person, an individual, and I really think it helps if you, if people would put themselves in the position of, just try to imagine what it's like and just pick one of the animals. If you're watching a video on factory farmed pigs and you're getting all upset about the size of the cages, I still think that a lot of people are looking at them as as things, as like pigs all in general. They don't look at the individual. You know, when you when you when you go vegan and you look at them in a different way, you see the individuals. Well I do. Uh, every every single one in the movies, I seek them out and I look at, you know, whenever I see them or and I look in their eyes and, and I try to imagine if that was me, you know, and I sure know that I would not want to be in the position of any of these animals that we, that we exploit, not one single one of them. Recently, there was a huge expose done in New Zealand. Uh, by the uh, big animal welfare group here called SAFE and um, they are basically just they pretty much are like PETA um, except that they're in New Zealand um, I don't think they do as extreme examples of um, marketing as PETA does I mean I don't I don't know if they do the go naked then wear fur or things like that but it's basically the same type of campaigns and they did a, um, a television show in which they used footage of factory farmed pigs and um, not once in the show did they mention veganism and even on their website it's just all about factory farmed pigs being wrong and they have this 
footage of these suffering animals. And the reason why, for me, it was such a disaster, and I saw this coming because when I first came back to the country, I, when I first approached them to talk to them about maybe adopting a more abolitionist stance, and um, I saw this, this uh, campaign. I mean, they've spent countless hours, money, manpower, time on this to get this TV show. And they managed to get on a mainstream TV show, which is just, you know... It's it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's be like Peter getting on 60 Minutes or something. I mean, it was like a mainstream show. I would say they had the eyes and ears of the entire country. And um, before you get all happy about that, let me just tell you what the show was about. They've got a campaign where they're trying to get the sows out of the gestation crates. Now... That's a campaign that's already been done in other places, and the and it's and the reason that the farmers are going to do it, they were going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway because it's economically more, it's better, it's more efficient, it's better for the industry. There's tons of literature on it, and um, the farmers are going to do it anyway. But with this expose, they're saying they want to do it now, now, now. And the whole point of the show was to tell people that you you have to only eat um, free range pigs. There was no mention that we shouldn't be eating pigs at all. And if you think that this is going to lead us to abolition, I'm terribly sorry. I think that you are very, very wrong. Now, the reason... So, they had this show, and then the, on the show itself, on the show itself, they actively promoted pig consumption. Just so happened that it wasn't factory-farmed pigs. And I know they think they're doing the right thing because they think that they're helping the, the pigs. But I'm sorry, you're not helping the pigs. Not in my opinion. If you're going to spend however many years and amount of money and if you can't get on the show because they if, if if you can't get on a mainstream tv show because they won't let you talk about veganism then do your own campaign about veganism but don't compromise and go on a tv show and promote the consumption of pigs i mean they don't show the slaughterhouse because you know what the slaughterhouse is the same for both and um the reason why it upsets me so much is because they had the eyes and ears of the entire country and, and they never once moved away from the looking at them as just things that we should be consuming. So it's basically like we're all going to continue consuming these animals, so let's treat them a little nicer while we're doing it. I disagree with that. I do not think that it is right, especially if you're trying to call yourself an animal group to promote any kind of exploitation, especially to make it seem good because we eat 900,000 to a million pigs in New Zealand every year. So that is catastrophic, whether they're quote-unquote free-range or whether they're factory farm. The fact of the matter is the industry was going that way anyway. So that is why, the reason why, one of the reasons, when I looked at all the comments, and I feel like I let the side down because I didn't comment, I didn't, I got in a very deep state of the kind of, very depressed about the whole deal because I thought, you know, what? here I am with my little podcast and these guys can get on a mainstream TV show and serve the carcass of a pig. That's what they did. And they all ate it. And the reason that it was so great is because it was a free-range pig and they'd visited the free-range farm and they'd met the pigs and they'd picked up the piglets and everything and then they, they served the body of one of the pigs and they all ate it. So then you have in the papers outrage after outrage and you have a ton of people who are so upset by what they saw because the footage was very, you know, it's graphic. I mean, any time you show these animals suffering, I mean, they got a whole bunch of footage and they put so much time and energy into this. And um, everybody was writing in and saying, 
Oh, I'm so outraged in every single letter. I mean, I could not find a letter that did not do this. All the letters that I read were how people were going to, oh, it's just so terrible. How can this suffering happen? All this outrage and emotion and anger. And, you know, because like I say, people really are asleep. They really don't think about it. I didn't. I mean, it's when, when you kind of really wake up, you're kind of like, duh, how did you think they were treated? You know, we're eating them by the we're eating a million pigs a year in New Zealand. I mean, there's only four million people in New Zealand. We're eating, we're killing a million pigs. Okay, that tells you something. And we don't just eat pigs here. We eat cows, we eat duck, we eat chickens, we eat lambs, we eat sheep, and we eat fish by the tonnage, and we eat seafood, you know, know, shellfish and stuff. So you tell me, a million pigs, population of four million, and that doesn't even include all the pigs we eat, because we get imported, a lot of the meat we get is imported. So probably from really horrific factory farms, and you know, who knows. So not one single person was given the option, because not once was it mentioned on the show that um, we shouldn't be eating these animals at all, and if we want to help them, we should, if we want to help the planet, if we want to help you know, we shouldn't be eating them. It was all about how we need to promote this other, these other farmers. I mean, look, the free-range pig industry just got a huge boost in sales. So congratulations to all of the people who are now going to go out and buy free-range pigs. You know, these animals are still going to suffer by the million a year, and that's just in New Zealand, and that's only the pigs that we kill here. Like I say, it's not all the pigs that we eat here. And let alone the chicken and the cows. I mean, we're focusing on the pigs now. You know, before that, we focused on the chickens. Well, nobody's talking about the dairy cows, and they didn't once mention veganism. So every single letter was a person saying, I, you know, really hurt and shocked and horrified and saying, I'm going to demand free range pork. And all the discussions on all the forums or whatever you call it, the paper, you know, the opinion pages were about how they're all going to buy free-range pork. Now, I say that those people are the type of people that we should have gone to with the message that if you care about animals, we should show the slaughterhouse and we should show the full process, including the free-range treatment of them, um, and say, why don't you consider not not eating any animals, you know, and the bottom line is, I don't care if these people are like, it's too radical, and people, at least they'll be talking about the real issue, because if you went, if you managed to somehow do a huge promotional campaign, and if you got refused to go on the national TV, because the national TV has probably, I mean, I could be wrong, but I would I would be very surprised if this show was not promoted or funded in some way by pig farmers who do free range. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they just got a major coup here. Um, nobody even considers the fact that we shouldn't be eating pigs at all. Not once do they mention veganism. Not once do they um, get animals away from the property paradigm and every single person. So now we're going to kill nine hundred thousand free range pigs a year in New Zealand and they think that that's good they really do because they think that they're going to be treated better and they think that that's what counts well I disagree I disagree and I think that we just have a whole potential of people out there who do care about animals and who would be able to consider the issue and at the very least talk about the issue but we've just lost them all because they're all going to go patting themselves on the back and feeling like they're doing the right thing and being happy and proud and sitting down and enjoying their pig meat because they can say, I got this from a free-range farm and aren't I just so caring and don't I just love animals so much? 
and um, I just think that it's just and I don't understand why people don't agree but if you don't agree then that's fine you don't agree this is how I feel so I didn't enjoy it at all I did not enjoy this campaign I saw it coming when I first came back to the country and I saw the literature and the, the campaign I thought oh gosh here we go I didn't know what they were going to do but I knew it was going to be this I knew they weren't going to talk about veganism so 900,000 pigs a year minimum and um and all you know and as for all the other animals we'll forget about forget about them I guess but what I would like to say is if you that's one of the reasons why I'm I think it might be helpful for my family if I don't come out to dinner because they might actually talk about veganism even if I'm not there even if it's for five seconds when I'm there they won't talk about it but if I don't go maybe they'll actually think about it and talk about it and like I say I know you can't get through to everybody and I know that every, you know it takes a long time for people to change but at the very least if we did a campaign I mean if 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 we can get these big groups to campaign for veganism unequivocally Yes, I know that people get defensive. You should see the forums that Roger um, showed me of these of these kids that were just really f hatred, you know, and anger. But that comes from something. I mean, you know, this was an animal rights forum. I mean, a lot of them complained about hunting and stuff, but they didn't want to give up eating their chicken McNuggets. But you see, if you do a blanket campaign and you never never back down from from the what we know is the truth if you're a vegan and you think it's wrong to exploit animals it's you shouldn't be promoting any animal exploitation i mean how on earth is that um i don't know how you can even think that that's the right thing to do but if everybody did a blanket you know vegan campaign yes you're going to have opposition yes you're going to have people saying Oh, stop shoving your beliefs down my throat or, you know, don't tell me what to eat. Well, nobody's saying that about the free, you know, the cage, the whatever, the, the cage free. Um, a lot of the people weren't saying that. They weren't saying, oh, you know, how dare you tell me not to eat these factory farm pigs. I can eat them. They were hurt and, and shocked and saddened. There were children writing into the pork board about this. Now, we're telling these people to go and eat these other type of pigs those are potential people so if we had a blanket campaign about veganism those people would be saying oh my gosh thank you for showing me the truth let's consider this you know those people the change would be it would be slower but it would be in the right direction at least on the opinion pages of the paper even if there was you know vilified um spewing of hatred uh, amongst the whole thing i mean it's not all it would be but even if there was at least all of the discussion and all of the argument would be about the right topic and the right topic is the abolition of use and veganism so that is what we need to do we need to get people talking about the real issue and if they embrace it or not we can't do anything about that we can't force them but at least the issue the real issue would be being discussed and those who are open to the idea who do care about animals who when they see animals suffer they suffer because they do put themselves in the positions of those animals if we as animal advocates don't tell them then if you care go and support this other horrifically violent industry of free-range pig farming you know where they're being exploited by the billion around the world a year and that planet is still getting destroyed and the waterways are still getting poisoned I mean 900,000 free-range pigs I mean where are you gonna put them all I'd like to know but um, so at least oh, I, I know I don't want this podcast to turn into a rant about that but it just I needed to get this out because I've been 
very negatively affected by it and I to be honest I did let the side down because I didn't even go and comment on any of the newspapers or anything because you know every single person although Jordan did he actually went and wrote about veganism and they were calling him a veganist like you veganist and <laughs> but at least he brought the issue up at least he wrote to the paper and brought up that right issue and that's what I should have done and I have no excuse for not doing it but it was just all I was reading was you know letter after letter after letter saying I'm going to go down to my butcher and demand free range meat how dare they treat the animals this way and and I just my heart broke a little and I got a little bit um, discouraged. I thought, you know, I don't have, you know, millions and millions of dollars and, 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 and all that stuff. And I couldn't do that. Like, I won't compromise. If I try to do a show and they say to me, you can't talk about veganism because we have free-range pork producers advertising. I mean, I'd be curious to know what the advertisements were between the, between the segments of the show with they were advertising any free-range pork. I mean, I, I would like to know that. If anybody saw the whole thing, they could tell me. Um, but um, I would refuse to do it because I'm not going to promote any animal explanation, uh, exploitation, especially under the guise of an animal rights person or somebody who supposedly cares, you know, cares about animals. I just won't do it. And I want people to talk about veganism, whether they f attack it negatively or not. If everybody's talking about that, at least that's the issue that's being discussed. That's the relevant issue. And then we can really find out what people think. Then we're really going to be able to find out how many people are open to the idea or not. But if we never do that, we'll never know. Okay, and if you get it's a social movement. So if if you if you were to as a really powerful group, and yeah, maybe you'd lose part of your donor base, and you wouldn't be able to afford to do these. But these aren't doing anything to help animals anyway. They're not. So cut. You know, watch your donor base and um, and promote this, and then let's have everybody talking about what they what what they if they if we want to help the situation, that's what people need to be talking about. Every single letter was a person who was so upset by what they saw that they were going to go down and demand free-range meat because that's what they were told to do by the leading animal group in the country after showing them this horrific footage and then they painted this pretty picture of this other type of exploitation. And look, I'm not, you know, I have a brain and I, and I can see logic. I know that less suffering is better than more suffering. I know that getting out of the um, sow stalls is marginally better than not. But the bottom line is, it's all suffering. It's all horrific. And none of it is justified. None of it. And it just breaks my heart to see all these letters from all these people who were so upset, who were so touched by what they saw. And every single one of them was going to change their consumption to a different type of tortured, slaughtered, exploited pig that was going to go to the same slaughterhouse. And we don't, I mean, I don't even know what this legislature means. I haven't read it. I don't know what it means over here. I don't know what the loopholes are. I don't know. We don't really know the true conditions at every quote-unquote free-range farm. I mean, you know, you know, you're deluding yourself if you think that these things are as regulated as they think. The animals lose every time. They lose so all of those people who were so emotionally affected by what they saw are people who potentially can see the logical truth about 
veganism and even if it takes generations of argument and debate and and all of those things at least we would be talking about the right issue because talking about the size of cages and talking about um, you know a little bit of treatment while still promoting the exploitation and the consumption is not going to change anything it's not going to change anything so I just had to get that off my chest and um, thanks for listening and I'll be back next week bye